Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. With me here is Nick German. He is our social media investigations open source. Is that you as well, Nick? Open source intelligence, yes. Open source intelligence. We have many different programs, and I'm actually fortunate I can remember all the names of all the programs. Here with us on the podcast today, a police officer, investigator, detective, whatever you want to call it, all of the above from the Washington, D.C. area, gives a phenomenal course and I think that this will be one of those flagship courses that everybody's going to be cycled through because every police officer has to know how to use the tools appropriately in the field. I don't care if you're just a patrol division guy, you're a detective, you're a narcotics detective, you're major crimes. You need to know this stuff. It's so important. It's so necessary that if you decided that you didn't, it would hurt your investigations and essentially the success of your career. So without further ado, Nick German, give us a little background uh, as vaguely as you want to keep it, what you sure. do, and a little bit about your class as well. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on uh, today, Dennis. It, it's well, an honor to be here. Company, so it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's appropriate, right? Sure. Well, so uh, as of next week, I will be a police officer for 18 years. Um, I started right after I got out of college. I went into the academy. Um, I, if you've ever seen the TV show Blue Bloods, that's my family. Um, my father was a police officer. Uh, he retired two months before I got on the department. Uh, two of my uncles, they both, uh, retired as well. One of which, um, went very high in the promotional process. Um, from there, I have two brothers that are actually, uh, police officers as well. They're identical twins and, uh, my father-in-law, uh, is police officer, or was a police officer. He retired. Uh, yes. Agency? All the same agency. Wow. Yeah. You guys are deeply ingrained. Yep. Almost like uh, an incestual police agency in some sense. Yeah, pretty much. And and the funny thing is, growing up, I didn't even want to be a police officer. Um, just wanted to do other stuff. And yeah, way, uh, when I graduated college. By the way, did, your, did you, you didn't meet your wife and then found out her father worked with you, right? You probably met her at some point. <laughs> Uh, our families have known each other for over 30 go. years. Uh, there you go. My dad worked with her dad. Our moms actually worked with each other at the local Whoa. elementary school. Yeah. So her mom actually tells a story, uh, which is pretty funny that she knew that my mom was pregnant with my twin brothers before my dad did. So small it's little world. Really insane. How? Yeah. You know, I have, I have, I have a bunch of kids, right? We all know that. And I, I, I think about, the interactions with some of my friends' kids. And I'm like, man, I wonder if any of these these people are going to end up together, right? You know, it's like a real possibility. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it might it, happen. It, I, you're not the only person I know who uh, was ended up marrying somebody who was a family friend. Oh, yeah. We all grow up together. We all know each other. Um, in fact, uh, there's an elementary school that I went to and my wife went to the exact same school. And she lived on one side of the school and I lived on the other. So, yeah, and I was a, a patrol um, in elementary school, so I would cross her across the street. Wow. So, how, yeah. you know what, Nick? How romantic. I know, right? I mean, really tugging at my heartstrings here. <laughs> so, but no, it, it was not an arranged marriage, in case anybody was wondering. Um, we, believe it or not, reconnected over MySpace. Wow. Yeah. You're dating it, man. You're dating yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, cool. So let's go back into your explanation. I'm so sorry for rudely interrupting you, but oh no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so I graduated college and went right into the academy. And you know, despite coming from a police family, it wasn't my choice of a career. I, I really didn't um, want to get into law enforcement. It just didn't seem like it was my thing. I graduated college and I didn't want to sit around and just kind of like work various jobs, right? I wanted something that I knew would pay the bills. And I figured, why not give the police thing a try? Uh, like I said, I went into the academy right after I graduated college, did six months of the academy, and then went right into the FTO program. Um, did patrol for about 10 years, uh, did various temporary assignments, including like um, human trafficking, uh, drug interdiction, alcohol enforcement, um, just to see what I could get my feet wet with. And through that, uh, I met another instructor with street cop training, uh, Tom Stack, and we became really good friends. And he kind of became a mentor of mine. And I sort of followed him uh, into investigating human trafficking uh, complaints. And during that time, I started making a lot of really good cases using social media. And an executive within the department uh, saw a huge strength in this. And he decided, or he came up with the idea, why don't you do something like this for the entire department? So instead of just doing human trafficking investigations, uh, they gave me the ball and a chance to run with it. And I was able to uh, sort of formulate my a unit on my own where we would enhance cases and develop cases for uh, the entire department. So right. I absolutely, I had the, um, you know, human trafficking background and drug background, et cetera. Um, they brought another guy up that was an SRO and we worked together. So between the two of us, our backgrounds covered a wide variety of uh, crimes and just contacts that we had to uh, assist not just our department, but other departments from all over the country were actually reaching out. I'm going to jump in real quick, Nick, as I, as yeah. I listen to you talk, I really believe that the program that you teach is going to be a flagship program that probably is going to be the uh, carte blanche essential thing that everybody needs to take. I've got a funny feeling that like it really is going to be almost mandatory for them to take your your program be, because of the, you were talking about enhancing and being able to resolve right. and solve crimes, making it so much easier to do so with these skills that and, and practicalities that you're teaching uh, in your programs. So that, I just wanted to put that out there. I, right. I think that's a real thing. And and no, I, I totally agree with you. And I know some people have the mindset that they know social media or whatever. Um, but I'll tell you, with this class, it will, and, and I'm not trying to sound braggadocious or arrogant when I say this, this class will blow your mind with how much information is out there right at your fingertips. Uh, on its own, the class is great. But if you take somebody's class, such as Kenny, where he has the drug interdiction, and you have that guy pulled over and you get uh, whatever out of the car, uh, tons of, we'll say like marijuana, right? My class can actually help you navigate through social media to maybe find out who the drug kingpin is based on what this guy, uh, the information you could grab from him. Um, Tom Stack's class, the human trafficking. He shows you how to find the escorts or prostitutes or victims of human trafficking. I can go through and with what I can teach you, maybe we can find that it's a human trafficking ring and we can locate the pimp. Um, but at the same time, I want everybody to remember 
when we're doing this stuff online, how easy it is. There's no secret databases that I'm teaching anybody. This is something that's available to everybody at their fingertips. And when I say everybody, I mean the bad guys too. So I teach everybody within this class how to stay safe online to keep not just yourself safe, but your family as well. Interesting. Real smart stuff. What do you want to go into? What, what's the objective of this first podcast episode we're doing together? Because I want to say this. This won't be the only one we do together because I think you have a lot of information Good. that's important to get out. So what do you want to first achieve as an objective here to try to talk about? Maybe something very universal to break an employee right away. You've got their personal information or a tactic you can, you can, you know, I have to ask you, even if you want to talk about it now or off camera is I, I want you to make a video for me on how to throw out one of those Instagram geonets. Oh, the, the geo fences. Yeah. And like where that guy in the video goes around and starts telling everybody like, Hey, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in the class, I showed this video, um, by a guy named Jack Vale and he, what he does, he throws up what's called a geo fence uh, that you can use in Twitter. And with that, you put the longitude and the latitude in and you, you would type in geocode colon longitude comma latitude, um, comma the radius that you want it to search. Right. So generally speaking, um, I would do like a one mile radius around the area that I was looking at. So in the Jack Vale video, uh, he does it around the food court that he's in and he sees in real time who is posting in that one mile radius. And then based on them tweeting it, he'll go up to him and start talking to him. And just by clicking on the profile, because it's open to the public and they're geo verifying their tweets. So let's say there's a guy named Peyton that is tweeting from there. And he goes, Jack Vale goes on his page and sees that he has a dog named Annie. So maybe he'll walk up to Peyton. He recognizes him from his profile picture on Twitter and says, Hey, how's Annie, your dog doing? Or, Hey, your birthday was last week, right? Somebody was wishing him a happy birthday on Twitter. So that's one way that he did it. Another way is by hashtags that you can also have within that area. So um, let's say they were at Disney World, right? And somebody tweeted something, hashtag Magic Mountain. And you're getting all those real-time tweets. You're seeing all those people tweeting in Disney World with the hashtag Magic Kingdom. So again, their accounts are open to the public. So you can go up and talk to them and act like you know them. Now, the best one is with Instagram. And I, I really hope um, this demonstration works. I plan on doing something with it at the conference in uh, October. Um, I'm speaking on October 7th up there at 4.30, I think. Um, but what he does with that, you can search on Instagram by places. So for instance, I was at a wedding up in actually New Jersey at a place called the Palace. Um, this was several years ago. And there was a group of us from um, the Washington DC area sitting at a table together. And one of the guys at the table kept looking at this girl in a red dress out on the dance floor. And he was like, oh man, she's pretty hot. I'd like to go talk to her, this and that. So I said, hold on, go on Instagram, hit the little uh, magnifying glass and hit places. Then you search the place you're at. So I searched the palace and then hit uh, most recent. So you I'm can see it right now. Good. So you can see all the most recent postings in that area. Um, cool. okay. How about this? How about this? Yeah. Um, what if you hit nearby places? You can do that as well. I prefer to um, search the actual place that I'm at and um, 
the the reason for that is let's say you have that stabbing at the bar okay and you want to find some witnesses these people are posting stuff all the time online so what better way of searching the location where the stabbing was at the bar and locating some possible witnesses uh than using this feature okay so i'm gonna hit uh, i'm going to our instagram account by the way it is at street cop training we also have a street cop training leo i'm sorry let's street cop leo it's for police officers only let's see here i'm going into places the only mm -hmm. thing it's offering me right now is nearby places i could hold it up and show you type at the top where you can search okay what well, just put in places uh just search um search that restaurant cousins up top there okay oh you like cousins and then you'll see it populate oh dude that place yep. is awesome all right, so click hey, that. You know uh, hopefully, hey, let's just give a shout out to this, to this place. It's wonderful. And I'm also going to shout out to another <laughs> place, but Cousin Seafood and Clam Bar, 130 South Main Street, Marlboro. They're not a sponsor. We're going there Friday, my father, for his birthday, but they have some outrageous food. Their tomahawk steak. Nick, tell them how good the tomahawk steak was. The, the tomahawk steak, medium rare, was incredible. Probably the best steak I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. And then, and right, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Also, um, the Butcher's Block in Long Branch, New Jersey is is outrageous. You didn't get to go there, but it's wildly mm. good. And the guy's a big cop supporter. Matter of fact, a lot of people who work there are retired cops. All right. So I'm here. I'm, at, I'm going to cousins. Okay. I'll uh, play along on my phone as well. My, so look at the girls on his cousins thing on. Check this out. Yeah, right. Exactly. So hit um, recent on the uh, right side there. Okay. Should be. Okay. So that now you're getting recent. Yep. Now you're getting the most recent postings there. So see the green car? Actually, no, go down a little bit further. See the girl in the black dress with the wine glass? Can't miss her. Mar Marlisa, whatever, whatever her last name is. Yeah. Click her profile, right? Now we can go. We see her header that says she's from New York City, possibly. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can start scrolling through her page. See the picture of her with the girl in the white dress? Yes. It's like third row. Yep. Click it one time. Don't double click it. Okay. Yep. And it will link you to Amanda. So we know her friend's name is Amanda. Do you see how that pops up at the bottom? So wait, I have her here. What am I, what am I hitting now? Just, oh, just click the picture one. Okay. Amanda. Yep. Click it one time. Yeah. Yep. So now you Amanda. can go on Amanda's page. Right. And then you can start gaining Intel on Amanda and then go back to Marlisa and start talking to her as if you know her friend Amanda. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? A real, a real creeps world, huh? Yeah. It's like the TV show Catfish. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're on a traffic stop, and, and we have somebody in the car who we suspect may be wanted. Mm -hmm. What we do in that situation, we do something close to our phone to throw something out to try to capture some of the stuff that's coming out of their phone or their location. How would you, how would you go about investigating somebody who you may think may, may be trying to hinder their apprehension and hide out who they are without even have to ask them? Is there any way we can find them? Um, well, there's a couple paid programs you can use um, where you can take their picture and it will put it in. Some, yeah, that one's a little law enforcement sensitive. Um, there's another one called PIMIS that you can use. Um, I recently posted about that on the street cop group, but in this situation, is he giving you his real name, fake name? What, what information I do know, we know? I know you're in a, you're in a position where you can't compel ID 
And uh, before you even ask, you're like, man, there's something's not right with this guy. I got a funny feeling and he's going to lie. Uh, but, I, you know, is there any way that we can, I mean, maybe using the other people's information in the car to try to see if these can tag, like tell, what are some thoughts and ideas around that? I, I would try to get his phone number. And then there's so many resources you can just do with the phone number alone uh, to track it back. They're trying to cover up from they know he's wanted. Can't get his phone number. You think just go for a phone number right away? What if he gives you a fake number? Well, I, I see that phone in the car. We've had a lot of uh, um, thefts of phones. Is that really your phone? And see if he'll provide his phone number. And then we can call it to see if that's actually the real phone number. So you do some cool stuff with a phone number. Uh, whoa, my gosh. Yeah. If you can get the phone number from your target there, the world is your oyster, I guess, so to speak. There's so much stuff you can do. There's um, a method that I teach in the class called contact exploitation, where you would import that number. You don't even have to know the person's name. You can make up whatever name you want. I can say it's Dennis Benino with whatever phone number. Um, and then there's quite a few apps out there that you can actually import your contacts in with the phone number to see if there's any social media accounts um, registered with that account. The big one right now that um, I've had a lot of su success with is Cash App. And if you can get their Cash App account, um, that has a username on there. And with the username, a lot of people will brand themselves. So they'll have the same username across the board on social media. Um, the other thing is, uh, recently, a lot of the trends have been, at least with Twitter, a lot of influencers on there, they say, hey, drop your Cash App account, and I'm going to give one person like $100 later today. So you can take that Cash App account and search it through Twitter, and maybe you'll get lucky with somebody dropping that Cash App account name, which will link you to a Twitter account. And then it just kind of like is like unpeeling an onion, just layer after layer. Um, the other thing is there's a few apps that you can use as well. So with our phone in the contacts, companies are buying all that information from various apps that you're installing on your phone. Uh, one of which that comes to mind is this app called Truecaller. So you can actually go on there, search the phone number, and it will show you if that phone number has been stored in anyone's contact and the name that it comes back to. Interesting. So it's a pretty I'm, sly I'm, app. I'm playing with my phone as you talk. So I, I do want to um, give a warning, though. I'm, I'm sorry. With Truecaller, do not install this program on your personal phone because in order for it to work, it's going to have you sync your contacts with it. So one of the options that I teach in class is to download an Android emulator. So you have a working Android device on your computer with a clear contact list. Gotcha. 500 million downloads on that, on a true caller app. Yeah, it's pretty wild that. And then there's, um, Oh, uh, what's the other one? True caller. I'd have to check. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Sync sync.me yeah. is another good one, but again, you're sharing your contacts with the world. So I recommend for your safety and your friends and family, don't ever mix business with pleasure and download this app. Or if you have a chance, get your hands on a non-working phone, like a phone that doesn't is not tied to a data plan. It will just work over Wi-Fi, kind of like a tablet, and just use that. So just use that as kind of like a backup phone. Okay. And you could run that Wi-Fi off your own personal cell phone, right? Yeah, if you have a hotspot. 
Absolutely. I mean, I have Verizon every five. I have two phones. Uh, yeah. Obviously, because I run a business. And here's the reason I have two phones. I dropped my phone. It hit just perfectly, shattered the screen. Here I'm trying to run this this company, mm-hmm. um, big company, and I'm waiting for a phone to get delivered. So I needed to have a second phone to run to right away to continue on all day my business because I'm, dude, I'm on social media, you know, half the day. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely. Answering. Not that I get a ton of phone calls or a ton of texts, but depending if I'm traveling. So I had to have a second cell phone. Um, I and, and by the way, sometimes I have to make phone calls on my second cell phone. I don't use my personal one because I have with other people in the past. And dude, I get some weird shit from like some people who are fans or like sending me selfies or like, hey, Uncle Den. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's really friggin' weird. Yeah. And and I mean, some of them can just go online and look up all your information and get your cell phone number out there, get your address. And I, I don't mean to scare everybody on here, but I, I think it would be common sense too to lock your accounts down. And if you do Google yourself. I, I talk about digital hygiene in my class as well. And what that is, is first of all, go online and search your name, see what comes up for, for you. I, I would type uh, your name in quotes uh, and then in parentheses, the city that you live in and see what pops up, right? You can see what everybody else can find. The bad guys can find on you as well. Another thing is set up Google alerts. And with that, you can go to alerts.google.com and you can set your name in there. So if there's anything new that Google's caching with your name in it, you're going to get an email immediately. So you can see if there's any news articles coming out about you. With you owning a company, there's probably going to be stuff coming out all the time. But just so you know what's out there about you online. Also, the other big thing are um, password managers. I would highly suggest getting one of those. But at the same time, you know, for like your banking, right? It asks you those silly questions like, what elementary school did you go to? Or some kind of like uh, questions that only you might know the answer to. Put fake answers in there because all your information is out there online. So it would be so easy for somebody to find this information out about you and answer those questions to get into your accounts. And uh, the last thing that I like doing is on your Facebook page, go in there and at the top right, there's three little uh, dots, click that on the computer um, and hit view as. This is how people, like the general public would see your Facebook page. So you can see if there's anything you need to lock down, any um, pictures you may wanna hide uh, or, or anything that you don't want the normal person to see. I also am a huge advocate of setting all of your accounts up with secondary authentication. Um, So what that is, is like you type your name and password in, and then it's going to ask you for the authenticator code, which you would have on your phone with a program called Google Authenticator. And you would type in the six digit code that gets recycled. I think it's like every 90 seconds. So that way nobody can really hack into your stuff because one of the scenarios I talk about is let's say you get your account hacked and you're an active police officer and someone posts something that can be contrived as being like, very um, racist or uh, controversial that could get you sent to internal affairs, even though you didn't do it and you can prove that you didn't do it. You really want to go through that headache of having someone getting on your account and doing all that. So um, again, within this whole class in general, 
I not only show you how to like find your targets fast and get a lot of information on them quickly, I also preach on how to keep you and your family safe online. That's real. I mean, dude, I'm just sitting here just soaking it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, of course. Absolutely. I actually regret that I didn't have the time to sit through the whole training course when you did it here. Uh, you're going to be recording your online program soon, right? An on-demand version of this training course? Yeah. So I've been um, emailing uh, with Jay about that. And I've had a lot of people reaching out to me about doing the on-demand. And there's a couple of issues I'm trying to work through. One of which is, let's say I teach how to do something today. In the technology world, things are always changing. So there could be a technique that I teach, for instance, how to find the ID number on an Instagram account, which is huge in an investigation. They may change how you find that by Friday. So I'm trying to figure out what the best way of getting around this would be if I record something and then it gets outdated pretty quickly. How can I update everybody? Do you think that some there are some things that logistically might be around the same way forever or some principles that you can just continue to follow? Um, I think so. I, I mean, for instance, with Instagram, um, if anybody's listening and you're on a computer, go on an Instagram page, uh, right click and hit view source. And then in the view source, just hit control F to search the source and hit type in profile page underscore, I'm sorry, user ID. Um, and then you're going to find the profile ID for the um, Facebook page. Now, a couple months ago, it was something different. And getting these ID numbers is huge because let's say your Facebook account was facebook.com slash Uncle Den, right? Next week, you may find out that the police are after you and you want to change it to facebook.com slash Aunt Den or something, Okay. Your URL, the address to your page can change. The one thing that will never change is that user ID number. So we really have to be able to find those user ID numbers. And if you get that user ID number, all you have to do after that now is type in facebook.com slash that user ID number, and it will redirect you to whatever the new username is. No problem at all. And that, and that can change. Their, their method of finding it can change. It's been... Pretty much the same, I want to say, since October. Um, but who knows when Mark Zuckerberg will get a bug up his ass and want to change it again. And they have things where they're trying to prevent that stuff from happening? From him changing stuff? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that like they have like Facebook and all these companies have like friendly hackers. Are, yeah. are, there, are there things that they're putting in place to try to prevent the things like we're talking like being people being discovered? Do they care about that a lot? What's their what's their main focus? That's a good question. I don't know if Facebook's main focus is, but back in 2019, it took a really weird turn with everything. Facebook, um, if you had someone's phone number, you were able to, if you use Facebook Messenger, be able to type the phone number in and see if that phone number was linked to an account. That went away. Um, he, there are a couple third-party sites, one called um, Stalk Scan, where you could go on and see... Uh, say your account was private. I would put your account in and any picture that you're tagged in on an open account, I'd be able to see pictures of you. So that was really helpful. If we had like that random person and we couldn't get any pictures of them, I would just go on stalk scan, put the uh, user ID number in, and I'd finally be able to obtain some pictures of the target. That went away too. I think 
part of that was due to uh, Facebook coming out with what they were going to have is their uh, um, Libra, which was going to be like their version of Bitcoin. Um, and since 2019, that all kind of went away. Now, there are other ways that I talk about on if you have the phone number for your target to see if they have a Facebook page. If they have, if you have the email address, I show you a different way of doing that. Um, and some of the methods have changed, but again, if you have just minimal information, I'm going to teach you how to find anybody online. How, how much easier is it to conduct an investigation with knowing how to navigate social media? I mean, I, I say this in class, how many detectives do we have in here? What's the first place you go to when you're developing suspects or reasonable suspicion, whatever it may be. And everybody says the same thing. It's social media. It, it 100% is. Um, I, I would say a combination of social media. So we're talking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. And I just go down the line. Like we discuss a lot of apps and networks in the class, but it's a combination of the open source intelligence too, that you're getting. So show you how to properly utilize Google to your advantage. Um, there's a lot of other websites that are out there free where you can look people's information up. One of the ones that I really like using, which is a go-to is true people search, man. You can go on there and you can get information on anybody. Um, us phone book is another good one, which is a reverse uh, phone number search. So if you ever have like that weird phone number, call you go on us phone book, type the number in and if they have it stored, you're going to find out not only who the phone number belongs to, but probably their home address, maybe some relatives um, and associates. And they get all this information from um, third party uh, people, such as like you doing online purchases, cell phone contracts, um, you entering like these online contests and stuff. They have a really good documentary out called. Um, the social dilemma. And the line that they use in there is you are the product. Facebook makes, I want to say like somewhere around like $30 a day per person just by selling your information. And I, I don't know if that's ac an accurate uh, number, you know, in terms of dollars, I believe it was 30 something dollars per person. We figure how many millions and millions of accounts they have and they're just selling your information out there. Man, it's crazy. I'm, I'm screwing with these things as you're talking. It's pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Some of the websites that are out there. And again, it just to kind of beat this home, look how easy it is for you to find it, right? Let's say you get in a conflict with that bad guy at work and you take him to jail. He sees your name tag. He sees your name on the uh, court papers, right? What can he do? He can go online and he can look up the exact same stuff and find out who you are, where you live, your wife's name you know, your husband's name. So, um, is there any way to lo lock us down and try to try to curtail some of this? There, there is. So I think it was last weekend, if not the weekend before someone on the new Facebook group, um, asked that question. I have a workbook that I started sending to everybody. Um, I'll, I'll get it to you so you can throw it in the documents part on the Facebook page itself. If anyone wants to download it and then you send it to me, you know, what we'll do, we'll actually send it out to our, all our law enforcement email contacts too. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you listen to this um, podcast and you want that workbook, your best bet is to join the Facebook group where I'll upload it as a doc there. You'll be able to find, to search for it. We'll call it, what do you want to call it, Nick? Uh, it's actually just called a remove yourself workbook. Okay, so let's look for that. That's how I'll upload it and tag it so it's searchable in the group. 
the Remove Yourself Workbook. Uh, and if you're listening and you're a police officer, it's our old Facebook group got shut down on some silliness. You know, and I could ask you this question too, which mm-hmm. since we're on that, but the new group is Street Cop Training, new group. Right now, there's about 15,000 members from the 87,000 were the past one. Nick, do you think that um, what was happening was they were, Facebook was dinging us on drug pictures. Mm-hmm. And we were writing into them saying, hey, you know, this is, this is important. We're trying to show the trends of drugs and what people found, how they found them. You know, falling on deaf ears, but do they have bots that are just scanning? Looking yeah, for, they do. They do. Um, I, in fact, I, I was showing one app out there called Leafed Out which is a, um, they call it a cannabis peer-to-peer selling social network, but they're selling more than cannabis on there. And I showed, I tried to show some examples. And when I posted it, it got flagged um, because they were showing marijuana, pills um, and, and all that stuff. So yeah, that's one thing. And then um, kind of along the same lines. Uh, so they have like bots looking at this stuff. Have you heard of chat roulette? I'm sure you have, right? Oh yeah, do you know what I have? Okay. So with that, they actually, believe it or not, uh, there's a clip that I can play or whatever at some point, but um, they have penis detection on there because there, there's a clip you can see from South Park where people were just doing X-rated stuff, so to speak, over webcam. So they do have different bots that detect different things. Figure as much. Uh, yeah. Any language bots you could think of on Facebook? I mean, you think they're picking up certain language and key phrases and they may. I mean, they're into everything and whatever algorithm he has running a Facebook uh, definitely picked up on something. Well, they were dinging us from pictures from like four years ago. That, that's like an argument with your wife. I bring up the past, right? Like, Well, dude, I mean, <laughs> we're, we basically, you know, we got in touch with somebody at Facebook and they were just like, so what? I'm like, yeah, but yeah. You know, like we're helping cops. And they're like, yeah, so who gives a fuck? They follow yeah. the rules. And I'm like, they are the rules, right? Uh, but they're like, they hate the police. In my opinion, they they hate the police. Facebook does. Um, and for instance, I one of the things is if you make a fake account and they find out that it's a law enforcement account, they're going to shut you down. They're probably going to ban your Mac address, which is your computer. So you're not going to be able to make another account uh, using that device with Facebook. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but yeah. back to your original when question, you to, uh, go ahead. Yeah. When you have to make a Facebook, uh, or contact them for investigative purposes, let's say there's a homicide and you need Facebook information. Are they, they give you a hard time even in that stuff within the homicide investigation? Oh, oh, Facebook homicide investigation. You send a subpoena out. Um, you know, wait, we need- I think the thing is with Facebook in particular, and we'll say Instagram will loop them into since they're in the same family, they're only going to give you what you ask for. So make sure when you send that subpoena out or your search warrant that you ask for the world. And one of the big things that I was that I would suggest asking for are the original um, picture files, because with that, you're going to get what's called metadata on the back. So you're going to be able to take that picture file and see if they had like their device with the location uh, services on when they took the picture, where and when the picture was taken. Mm. Okay, so back to the original question. What was the original question? I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, removing yourself online. Okay, yeah. So there, there is a uh, remove yourself workbook, which is done by um, this guy, Mike Bazell, that I have. And it's going to take you probably 40 hours to go through and remove yourself. And on top of that, you're going to actually have to keep up with it because 
you're never going to be able to delete everything offline. It's always going to come back online. Um, I've made a good friendship with this guy that runs a company called Officer Privacy. And he's a retired police officer out in Arizona where he runs a company. And obviously you have to pay for the services. Um, but him and his staff is all retired officers as well. And they will go on, they'll scrub your data and they'll keep up with it to make sure that you are completely deleted from the internet. If I, uh, I'm a guy like me, it'd be mm -hmm. hard to, I mean, I'm going to, we're constantly putting out information. My name's associated to a lot of things. What, what's the best I can do to try to remove some of my personal information, but still be a, a public figure? I would try to go on some of the um, websites in the true, uh, not true people search, um, in the remove yourself workbook and remove everything that you can that may have your home address on there. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big things that a lot of the people in the privacy and security world talk about is don't put stuff in your real name, like put uh, your house like um, under like a business or something that's awesome. just, yeah, yeah, exactly. The problem with that is you can, it can be conflicting with your mortgage Right, when your title says something different. They can actually do a mortgage callback on you mm -hmm. from being a real estate professional. So, for example, I buy a two-family in my name. Ideally, when you buy a two-family, and I own properties, when you buy a two-family, you're going to want to once you leave that property, move it now into an LLC for mm -hmm. protection purposes. Absolutely. The problem is, is your title doesn't match your mortgage. They can do a callback. They call it. So they can. Your mortgage company might say to you. Um, we're foreclosing on your property or you owe us the $294,000 you owe on this house because you changed the name. Do they ever do it? No, but they can. Usually right. they'll start to do it when you get the default payment and they'll start doing a callback on it then. So there are some logistical legal issues with that, taking your house and putting it in a name that's some other limited liability company or somebody else's name. Uh, yeah. There's definitely going to be legal issues with that when it comes down to a lot of things. But that's a... It's a good idea, but there's also some ramifications or repercussions with 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would just definitely go online and see what is out there with your personal information. And a lot of the websites out there will have something probably at the bottom uh, for you to click to verify that you are the person that's on there and uh, that you request them to remove your information. It's interesting. What else do you want to tell people before we, you know, tie this thing up and, and for our next episode, what's, what's some other stuff that's important for folks to know? That's a really good question. Um, a lot of stuff, maybe it's just too yeah. much for that, for that question. Yeah. I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, this, this class is a great supplement to any class that street cop offers. Um, I, I recently listened to the episode with Shane, when you have that informant, do a deep dive on this informant, see what they're posting online. Right. Um, just it, it just will help uh, build a better case for you going with the looking on social media and gathering the intelligence online for the person. What would you say to a police officer who thinks they don't need to have social media or know how to navigate social media in today's law enforcement profession? It's needed. If, if you do not use social media uh, to enhance or develop cases at work, you're doing a disservice, not just to your department, uh, but to your community. Um, this, everybody posts stuff on social media, like uh, people brag, like some people refer to Facebook as brag books. So they put the pictures up of them going on vacation. Right. So 
there's so much information at your fingertips that if you do not get on social media and the open source stuff and look more information up on your target, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Like there's those people out there, like the old guys that are almost like they wear it as a badge of honor. They're saying like, Oh, I'm old school. I'm, I don't uh, mess around with that social media shit. You have to, because today's criminals, you know, some of them were born in 2000. So they grew up on social media, their entire life is there. So if you want to get information on these people, it's right at your fingertips. It's amazing, dude. Uh, it's very rewarding for us to have been connected. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, like you're you're not only just a great instructor, you're a great guy as well. You fit really appropriately with the rest of us. Thank uh, you. I'm mostly proud with a lot of people here at this company because of the way that they behave and what their really genuine intentions are. You know, cops overall, doesn't matter if they're they're motivated or non-motivated, overall cops are pretty good dudes at their heart. I mean, they're not, you know, and, and women too. Like they're just generally the better people in society because you got to be a good person to want to do this job for the pay that you get to put your life on the line. So there's some inherent warmth in your heart as a better human being than most folks, especially to come out and be a shoulder to cry on, somebody to depend on, a lot of those things. Yeah. But I think that we are really set an example as a cut above the rest and trying to provide a display of behavior and characteristics that should be an example to follow for law enforcement. I think you fit right into that very oh, thank appropriately. You. Yeah, dude, you're a great guy. Glad to call you a friend. I'm thankful you chose us as a company. We're building a lot of the infrastructure, working a lot of the things in here, and we're going to do great things together. Nick, anything else? Where can they find you if they want to email you? Is it Nick German at streetcop.com? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, Nick German at streetcop.com. Uh, and then I set up a... How do you spell German though? Because it's not uh -huh. the country. That, that's a good question. Uh, with a J, J-E-R-M-A-N at streetcop.com. I also set up a um, Instagram account that's specifically for uh, my street cop class, which is um, streetcop underscore Nick. So if anybody wants to go on there, I'll occasionally post maybe like some teasers that will link to the Facebook uh, group with where I might occasionally put up some social media or open source tips or websites. Like I'm working on one right now that's going to blow people's minds. It's awesome. I want to be involved in it, man. I, I, I'm really very interested. I think it's a great topic. and It's fun. It's so yeah. much fun. So with that being said, I think we really had a great first episode together. We'll do this oh, again for sure. Check out streetcop.com for Nick's upcoming courses and all upcoming courses. The Street Cop Conference, dude, we're over 800 in attendance at this point now. It's phenomenal. Ooh. We're still three months out. It'll be Atlantic City, October 4th through the 8th, 2021. It's going to be amazing. We have Marcus Luttrell coming. We have Tommy Lauren from Fox News, Dakota Meyer. Who am I forgetting here? Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. Uh, I actually was forgetting. I was going to see if you knew who Tim Kennedy's <laughs> an awesome dude. We're going to be doing some cool stuff. Those guys and girls will be floating around, taking pictures with some folks. I've talked to them on the back end. They're going to really be there for all of us. Then we have probably 25 courses throughout that program. And we're really trying to make it a very practical week. Some experience, but some a lot of the detail of what you're going to learn, you can bring back and use a practical application immediately in law enforcement. We'll have trapped vehicles there that we're going to use to uh, search on scene with instructors to show you how to search trapped cars or how to search cars in general. See if you come across the trap. We'll have some real cool stuff going on. 
boy, it's going to be a good week. Are you staying the whole week? No, I'm going to come up Sunday or I'm sorry, Monday. And once I'm done speaking on Thursday, I'm going to uh, head home. Oh yeah. It's plenty of time. Well, Monday, yeah. that's the big day, man. That's the, that's day. why I'm coming. Yeah. Tom's, I figured as much. Tom Stack and I will be uh, riding up together. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's really good. That's, that's wonderful here. So you get to meet all the street cop instructors, check us out. We have a street cop training group. We talked about it earlier in the podcast and at streetcop.com. LinkedIn, we got it all. You try to, we're on, dude, our TikTok, we had like 1.7 million views in one of our videos. It's blowing up, man. We're killing it, man. We're crying. We're, we're, we're out there. Nick, I've got like, um, like nine or 10 people right now on the media team alone. That's incredible. Yeah. Just, and actually we have two more people starting. We have a girl. Um, I don't want to say her name yet until she tells me it's okay. She's really good. We have another girl coming in in about three weeks. Really, really talented. Little, she's a little raw with the, with the program, you know, like programming software, but she actually has the skills to create some magical shit. So we're Perfect. excited to have her coming in. Dude, we'll continue to grow and build this thing and get more attention and show the world guys like you. So without further ado, Nick, it was a pleasure having you. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming next time as well. All right, brother. I will see you. Peace. Likewise. Yep. Bye-bye.